Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Evian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-hosts, Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. Hello, friends. Ooh. Hey there, hi there, and ho there. Hey, hey, hey. So I, I have a question for you, though, Yasmin. A lot of people have voiced their concern. Uh, after you or Andy got your free burritos, has there been any... Uh, <laughs> You know, any physical symptoms? Are you all okay? Are you are you up for the show? I mean, I don't know if you've been eating like trucks of burritos or or what. <laughs> I am okay. I did redeem my free my 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 straightforward free burrito. Uh, it was at a downtown Boston location, uh, and not only was it uh, rich and 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 hormone free and delicious, I had no upper or lower GI problems uh, in the forty eight hours afterward. Also, another good thing about all these problems uh, that the, the Chipotle has been having. Very short lines. <laughs> you, got you got your served immediately. I think they thanked me like they thanked me like three or <laughs> thank four you times. So much it was for great. coming. Thank you. And I'm like, no, thank Google. Thank Google for sending me here. Uh, no, I haven't redeemed my burrito yet. Maybe I'll periscope it because what? I know, I know, what? it's saving what? it. I'm saving it for like a really. It's been a, it's been okay, a whole so show. Yes, I, I know it's been but... a whole show. So the, the funny part about this is when I got the Google gift card uh, for Chipotle, I had Chipotle that day. So. <laughs> Like before I got, I had gotten it earlier that day and then I got the gift card. Yeah, Yasmin was literally in the line stand, waiting for her Chipotle when she got and a free Chipotle. I was Chipotle. like, oh, but no, I, I love Chipotle. Chipotle is good. Uh, so no, I have yeah. not. So, so, you, so you, you weren't like that, that old guy in Jaws that the mayor has to convince, the chair, chamber of commerce has to convince, yeah, why don't you, go, no one's going in the water, Jeb, why don't you go in first? <laughs> well, I just, I just put on sunscreen and, uh. Jeb, go into the water, please. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, uh, it was it was funny. One of my coworkers was like, "If I had ordered Chipotle for like a meeting, how would you feel about that?" And I was like, "Oh, I'd be so happy." And she's like, "Even after what had happened, I'm like, oh right, forgot about that. No, I'd so be happy." So hey, they're taking. <laughs> I, I love my I love me some burritos. So give me all the all the burritos in the world. Um, I, I got to say, speaking of love, we have. We have introduced someone new to the uh, the Google platform. We got a tweet from Sean who says he's a five year iPhone user and he just bought a Nexus five X. All thanks to Material Podcast and loving it. So you're welcome, Yay, Sean. Sean. Welcome to the uh, the Android platform. Please, please don't be angry at us uh, in five months when it starts to lag. <laughs> we we should do a uh, an Apple Store style thing where we just clap every single one of them as they uh, they walk past with their Android phones. <laughs> no, that, no, that is actually like really really cool. Uh, you know. I, as the podcast, we didn't set out to convert anybody, obviously. Um, but I think it's pretty fun that we get to talk about this show and some people are like, hey, maybe Google and Android have some cool things to offer. Yes, they do. So here we go. Of course, I triggered I triggered my, my okay material right now, but I, I was smart enough to put my <laughs> phone on the total silence so you can't hear it right now. So that's great. But it's it's still loading. Oh my God, it's still, rec- <laughs> it's still uh, taking all my, my voice. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's like really cool when you hear from people saying, "Hey, we switched to Android." I'm like, "Wow, like that that's awesome." Uh, we also had some other really cool emails, but be- before we get to that, I want to talk about my tap and pay reward. So last week I said, "I don't know if I'm going to be able to to make it so to the tap and pay," which was when you got 10 uh, tap and pay using Android Pay, you would get a free Chromecast. And up until then, as you tap, I think it was like on the third and the seventh reward, you got a free music download. But I was like, okay, I'm at, I'm at eight and I need, you know, two more to get to number 10. And I did. It was awesome. So woo-hoo. <laughs> the really cool thing about so um, I know I, I heard a lot of people were complaining that they didn't have that reward on their Android pay. 
So I'm wondering if it wasn't for everyone. I think it was just maybe some select few had the re the tap and pay reward. Um, but, but I had it on there and the way that they put it on there, it looked like a gift card. So it just kind of was stacked in all your, all your cards and Android pay. And so you could tap into that card and see all the different rewards and how many you had already redeemed. So when I got to the 10, I, the little Android, uh, animated, it was really cute. I'll post the link in the, in the show notes because, and I actually will post the link in the show notes, a real one, not Rick rolled, um, <laughs> because it was really cute. Cause I was like, oh, that was a little small, little like gesture. They didn't have to do the little a Android, uh, guy is like, woohoo, you got your tap and pay. So I haven't redeemed it yet, but I, I will be getting a new Chromecast from Google. So thanks Google for all those tap and pay rewards. Yeah, you know, we, we were we were all born like too late for uh, for like SNH green stamps, but I feel like now we're getting that sort of thing back where every time we're using tap and pay, we get like a little virtual stamp that we can then look in the little catalog <laughs> and get either a, a, a Chromecast or a USB cable, but a really awesome one or like a Lego set that builds a little Android or something like that. I would love a Lego Android set. That would be that would be super fun. I would just love for uh, Android Pay to come to Australia. I'm pretty sure it hasn't left the, the US of A yet. Same I heard it's, it's coming. They said it's coming. Um, and I do have something to apologize to you, Russell. So last week... Ooh, yeah, so publicly apologies. apologies. Please go on. <laughs> so, so last week you were like, I really just want an Hangouts Mac app. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. You always keep on saying that you really want a Mac app for the Hangouts. And I was like, just use the web extension. Like, it's not that bad. It's not fantastic, but it's not that bad. Uh, and then today, as I was trying to open Hangouts and I was like trying to open uh, Google Keep and all the other extensions, it just wouldn't open. It was like, error. It, like, it, it just was like, sorry, error. And it would crash. Error, crash. And so I had to restart my Chrome browser, which I had already like a lot of tabs open and I was logged into a lot of stuff that I was doing. So I had to restart my entire browser just so that I can uh, get Hangouts on there. So I, I agree with you now, Russell. If, if there was a Mac mm -hmm. app, it would be fantastic. For those of you listening at home, this is my smug slash happy face. <laughs> I'm both happy and smug at the, at the same time. No, I, I really think that, yeah, messaging shouldn't be something that's, that's tied into your browser. Like that... There's no need for it. I mean, I understand Chrome as a platform and so on and so forth, but I just I just want some apps. And Windows, make a Windows one as well, by all means. I think what I liked so much about Hangouts was the fact that it, because it was on the web, you could use it wherever and regardless of like operating system. So like for me, that was a that was a good thing. Like I would rather have a web app than if I was on Windows, wait, you know, three months or a whole year until something came to it. So like I so from that perspective, I was like, yeah, let's let's stick with web apps. I think it's cool. Uh, but yeah, there there is some functionality that I think could really benefit. Right. You one of the things that you brought up, Russell, was to have a notification of like how many unread messages you have in the Hangouts app. Yeah, just like things like a little badge, you know, make dragging and dropping, you know, different types of media into it into it a bit easier. I mean, I still want a web app. I'm greedy. I want it all. <laughs> like I want to be able to access it on a friend's computer, you know, if I log into my Gmail or whatever, I want my chat in there. But I also want to, you know, I work on a computer all day. It would be amazing to just have like Hangouts in there. Messaging is still too complicated for me though. I mean, I, now, now I have to sort of train myself. I, 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 almost all of the launch at startup apps on my Mac now seem to be like different messaging apps now because now I have to have a presence on so many different channels uh, for fear of people, A, complaining that they tried to get and reach me but couldn't, and then B, I have to hear their speech about – I don't do email, and let me explain in great detail why I don't do email. 
and I, I this is this is the, there there are very few culture gaps that I, I I just have to accept that I don't understand that other side of the valley. And I understand if you don't like if you prefer to use something else or Slack or something else works better for you. I don't understand why people hate email. Maybe maybe it's because I get so much of it that it's easy for I was sort of forced by Darwinian survival to like write a whole bunch of filters and scripts to make sure I only have to see the stuff I need to see. Yeah, I mean, you, email is universal, as in most people are going to have an email account. But yeah, for me, going into an email, like if I'm going to ask a, a quick question, I'm not going to send it an email. I'm rather going to go in and Slack or or find some other way to send a message via Hangouts. I think the problem is so I I would say that Slack is my messaging of uh, of choice. And like my work is on it, and we're as uh, as Relay FM has a Slack account, so all of us are pretty much on there. But the problem is when you're trying to get a hold of like family members that are not necessarily tied to one of your accounts on, on Slack, or you know maybe you don't want to be messaging them on social media. And I guess Facebook Messenger could have could solve that for people, but I'm not on it. So it's like it's tied into a social account, which is an interesting thing because it, I hear that Google is trying to give text message an overhaul. They've been working with major phone carriers, including Sprint, T-Mobile, uh, Vodafone, to succeed SMS and MMS, and they want to call it uh, rich communications services. So it's like an, it would be a new standard for text and picture messaging, and that would also allow for higher quality uh, like video. So which would actually be really cool because if like if you were to for me the the one thing besides email that is consistent is like hey what's your cell phone number let me text you because I know that you're going to get that that's going to be on your on your phone and you're usually carrying your phone so I know that's something that, like one of the best ways to reach you yeah no no, no I, I definitely agree I mean the the one thing you don't want is you, you don't want to start off with five standards and then end up with six and then you know no one's no one's using them. The the thing I hope is that yeah, this this gets widely adopted because it does sound pretty cool. And I mean, the other side of it is you hope the carriers don't get too involved. I know that sounds mean, but you don't want to be paying like thirty thirty cents per uh, RCS or whatever it is, like every single one that you. Send. But I think you would almost want them to be involved because then it wouldn't actually succeed. At least like here in the states, the I think that they yeah, you definitely want them involved, but you don't want them too involved. If that makes sense, you don't want them like charging for this as yeah. some kind of premium super duper service. But if it if it happens to you know be on every Android phone, if it's supported by all the carriers, and then if it manages to get on the iPhone as well, then suddenly you have this dream that you know everyone's been dreaming about. You have a universal messaging system, which we had with SMS. I mean, here in Australia, it cost a little bit of money to send them, but you knew the second you sent someone an, an SMS, they'd get it. And where it started to get weird is like when people tried to do group messaging or picture messaging or even video messaging. It just didn't scale. Like it would scale the fo- it would literally scale yeah. the photos down to you know little tiny pictures. Group messaging was just a mess. You know, it'd message five people but not six, and the it seems like there it kind of you know fell apart. So if they can fix that part of it, and if it gets adopted, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean the 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 whole, the only thing that messaging has to do is it has to deliver the message, which is why really I, I'm almost paranoid about making sure that I if I try to send somebody an SMS, making sure that whatever app I'm using is not going to try to use something else. That was one of the first disappointments I had with Apple Watch, that I sent uh, my friend. I was meeting him for uh, for breakfast, and it was one of those really nice uh, car moments where. 
Uh, it normally takes 15 minutes to get to the place, but there was there was one critical road that was shut down, which meant that I had to literally add 14 miles to this trip that was supposed to take five or six uh, five or six miles. And so, okay, no problem. That's, I'm, I'm stopped here at the at the construction, so I'll just use my Apple Watch and say, "Hey, Steve, I'm, I'm construction. I'm going to be maybe 15 or 20 minutes late. I'll let you know." And so I got there, and he wasn't peeved, but he was clearly wondering why I hadn't called. And it was because Apple. I, I had assumed that well, because my watch is paired with my phone. I assume you're going to send it as a text message, aren't you? But Apple had a better idea because it has a superior messaging platform called Messages, <laughs> and it was dutifully and obediently made sure that the the Macintosh in his office at his desk got that <laughs> message, and not the phone, uh, the iPhone that he had in his pocket. Uh, so I, whenever I think about, whenever I hear about plans like this, I'm always hoping that it's more like they're going to just simply create a transport container as opposed to a standard and let people do whatever they want to put content in there because uh, the, the 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 danger is uh, uh, there was a great XKCD about uh, standards which two people are saying oh look at all look at these 13 different standards for cables you know we should there should be like a unified standard to replace them all we only have to deal with one of them and the result is now there are 14 standards <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just having some something that's not so much tied to just Apple. I think because with iMessage, I know that a lot of people love it and you have the little blue notification that shows you that the person that you're talking to believes the same way that you do and they're Apple uh, lovers just like you. And then they, you know, the the green circle is all like, "Hey, this person's not on iPhone. Hate on them." <laughs> I know, I know, because I have friends that treat me badly. They're like, oh, no, you're green. <laughs> uh, Are they really your yeah, friends? Exactly, then? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think Google can really pull this off because the whole thing about Google is to bring like the service across not just Android, but the entire ecosystem. So I'm really hoping that they can yeah. really um, bring bring this and take it. The, the one thing that I've noticed that's been really weird is with Hangouts is that, so like if I text someone a picture, usually they used to come out really good quality. And now in the Hangouts, it really, really distorts them. It makes them look really, really bad. And I don't know like what what is happening there. It's really frustrating. Yeah, it's compressing them to like 800 like, by something ridiculous. Something. It does that to all my, even if, even if I'm on super fast it's Wi-Fi, it doesn't. So I've actually stopped sending photos. Of it. It's it's really weird. Like it, um. I don't know if I'm going crazy, but I was almost convinced that it used to send. No, them it in, did. No, you're no. I, yeah, I noticed that too because I would. I was like, "Hey, this is a good way to send photos," and then out of nowhere, it just started compressing them so bad. I was like, uh, <laughs> "So it's funny because my sister-in-law's like, why are your photos so bad?'" And I'm like, oh, "Hangouts." <laughs> so it's because my yeah, Android phone doesn't take yeah, very good photos. Yeah, exactly. Too detailed. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I know people are probably going to write in. You know, there's WhatsApp, there's um, Facebook Messenger, there's there's lots of standards that are that are cross. I say standards. There are lots of companies doing cross-platform things, and they all have lots of users. But if it would be amazing if we could go back to where we were with SMS, because imagine I just got a scenario for you. There, there was a time when you could text anyone in the world, and you knew they'd get your message. That existed. We had that. There was also a time when your phone would last a week on uh, battery power. <laughs> if we could go back to those two things, man. That, that would be amazing. But with more modern, obviously, screens and phones and with more modern, you know, picture and video messaging, that would be awesome. Just keep Facebook off your phone. You'll be at least 80%. <laughs> towards the, that's the, I, I, was, I was dragged kicking and screaming into Facebook because I realized that uh, I realized that if I wanted to have any presence in my, my family members and nieces and nephews' lives, 
I could I I am all over Twitter and I'm all over Flickr and I blog and stuff like that, but they're not going to see these these things unless I post them on Facebook because that's where they all are. And I hate I hate Facebook. I I, I just don't trust them. I will never have a Facebook app on my any of my mobile devices. Uh, but I had to realize that you don't have it now. It becomes a choice, Andy. Do you want to? allow your family to have a peek into your life and knows know what's going on without having to do the weekly 43 minute phone call or do you really hate facebook that much and i <laughs> took some time over it no 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 offense against my family but i said it's a, I, I i just your family never knows how much you have to sacrifice sometimes to keep these people in your lives and that was my sacrifice my, my sacrifice was sticking to instagram that's like i i have instagram but it's slowly for family and that's the only way I'm able to yeah. see uh, my nieces and nephews because other than that, no one, everyone's like, Facebook's like, hey, blah, 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 had a baby. I was like, they're pregnant. <laughs> and they're like, they posted it on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess that's how, that's how good friends we are. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the, 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 that's the strange thing about Facebook for me for, for, until I started using it as my friends and family sort of thing. It was, oh, so that kid who lived kind of near me that I kind of knew when I was a kid is now kind of a racist. <laughs> okay, didn't know that. Because uh, it's like, why are you posting that? I, 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 You don't have to like <laughs> President Obama, but there are things about him that have nothing to do with his politics or his, you know, that you, you, you that's probably... I, I, I'm I'm not going to go do a search for that because I really think those are code words that are universally understood and I've decoded them. And I've decided that I'm sorry that I lived a street away from you, sir. <laughs> yeah, don't Facebook, it turns everyone evil. Just kidding. Facebook, we love you. Just we're not on it. Okay, but <laughs> we don't. No, we don't. We don't, we don't love no, you. No, we don't love them. Don't, don't hurt us. Please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. We had another uh, fun listener emailed, and this one was really nice. And actually, they were sent over to us by Phil Nickerson from Android Central. And I am a huge Android Central fan, like before. Not the golfer, by the way. the golfer. Is there a golfer? I guess I don't know this. There's a Phil Nickerson. Oh, Nick. Nick, Yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll say that. I'm sorry. I I do know his work. I do like his work. But that was my first. We're pro golfers. Pro golfers are listening to us. (laughs) Maybe we we can get like like gallery seats of the Masters. This would be awesome. (laughs) So the first time we we were featured. Not as as good as someone who can get us Hamilton tickets. Yeah. Hey, Hamilton tickets. And yes, I, yes, I, I, I mentioned that specifically as a joke so that someone who is part of the cast, who's a fan, can say, oh, I actually i can get you hamilton tickets like for for march 10th or march 11th when you're happen to, going to be in new york city andy i i think that if they got you that the, would the, be, that the would burrito be, test yes. worked great i mean that, that 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 was like our test balloon that yes we can get free burritos <laughs> if we you know make jokes so now it's went up the yeah, ante hamilton tickets that's a that's a pretty big one i don't know if, if they can figure that out but so android central sent over someone so i think it was a couple of months back when uh, we we had just been on the air for like a month or so and i remember opening up my android central app and i was re- reading through my rss and i see our podcast artwork on there and i was like hey i know that podcast and i'm like hey wait that's a podcast i'm in <laughs> and it was recommending material podcasts and i think i like woke my husband over i was like matt matt we're like on android central and he's just kind of like what's android central because he doesn't keep up with the android news like <laughs> i do um but i guess he gave us another shout out on the podcast and he sent some people over and they and so 
so uh, Grant, I'm going to say his first name, Grant said, hey, you know, I was sent over here from, from Android Central, and I just wanted to say how much I enjoy listening to you. And he made some points. First, they love the dynamic between the three of us, which I think is pretty great. I think we're all pretty great together. You know, it took some time, but we got there. Aww. <laughs> Aww. So we're, we're all friends now. Number two, they loved Andy's impression. <laughs> Of what fits in Russia. Now, see, let, let's let's just pause right there because it's 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 just a phrasing issue. Okay, like we're all friends I'm now. Sorry, no, no. <laughs> started started weird, but we got there. Oh, because what, once once we realized that Andy's from a different generation. He's a product of you know corporal punishment and you know there there was the there was the, the there was the the forced busing issue in Boston when he was a little kid. You just have to just edit out things that he says off off mic. That's all. Otherwise, he's great. If you knew him, if you knew him, oh, you listeners, just if, know if him. only you could know the things we added out in this show. <laughs> no, I well, I, you know, I'll tell Al when I finally get that podcast digest invite. So there we go. But I'll, I'll save it for there. It's like holding you in, saying, "Oh, what is she going to say?" <laughs> and the third one was, "You Ooh, have that, to that, wait till the end gonna, of the show." That's going to be a super good one because. Russell probably had an idea that, you know, other he's going to if this goes well, the rest of us are going to be invited on. And then I was on after Russell, knowing that Yasmin would probably be on. And now Yasmin <laughs> knows that I don't ha- that she just can say whatever she wants, knowing <laughs> that Andy and, and Russell yourself. are not going <laughs> to. Exactly. exactly. We're not going to be there just to bad mouth or saying, well, I just want you to know my side of that. That's exactly. I'm just gonna. First of I'm gonna all, make it, like I'm gonna exaggerate. I'm gonna tell all these different lies. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be like the best material podcast story ever. Look, there there are two sides to every story, and I feel like Yasmin didn't tell either of them. <laughs> Number three was darn you, Rusty, for Rick rolling me. I just wanted to see Andy's hat. Everyone wants to see Andy's hat. And fourth one, of course, is about me. The last one. It's 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 really nice. And they said, awesome guest from Google. And Yasmin's enthusiasm is truly contagious, which I think is a really sweet thing to say. So, hey, we read that email and we were really, really um, happy. It really lit us up. So thank you, listeners, when you write in and tell us um, how much you like our show. We really do enjoy hearing from it. And one of the things that I have been enjoying this week is following Phil from Android Central on his Mobile World Congress. Is that what it's yeah, called? MWC, Mobile yep, World okay. Congress. And Yes, so it's been fun. It's been fun. So, you know, none of us are there, uh, but we get to see Phil's updates and all the other journalists that are out there and showing us some information. So before we do MWC, Yasmin and Andy, I have a question for you because I'm on the outside. I'm not on the inside of the, the US of A. Um, I, I believe you love freedom over there. I believe you also have a Federal Bureau of Investigationings. And I've been hearing all over my Twitter stream for the last oh, good week, I think, is just people talking about, yeah, the FBI, they're talking about Apple, they're talking about Sundar Pichai's response. I, I kind of wanted to take on what, what is that like on in, in the actual US? Like, is that like a hot button issue at the moment? What are people, you know, thinking about the things that have been said? Well, it depends on how you define people. Um, uh, I'm sure that most of our listeners have heard of this story because it really, it, un- unfortunately, it's one of those tech stories that has become a mainstream story. And double, unfortunately, we are in one of those, not just a presidential election cycle, but a really, really like made for cable movie bad election <laughs> cycle. And uh, all these, uh, all these uh, conservative candidates are really looking for anything they can do to 
to prove to elderly voters that they are more aggressive than anybody else at keeping them safe from terrorism. Uh, and so basically terrorists who uh, killed some people in here in the United States uh, had an iPhone 5C. Uh, it was actually not their phone. It was their employer's phone uh, and was locked with a passcode. And the, FBI, the Apple has been helping the FBI to try to get past the passcode to get access to whatever data was on it uh, because they have only data up to a certain point, the last auto backup that they have uh, a trail of. And they're hoping to find out who the, these people were talking to and if this if there's a higher up uh, that they should be looking for or looking at. Uh, and they've exhausted now every possibility short of Apple writes new custom code to get them past whatever self-destruct mechanism is in the password, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the PIN uh, system, so that uh, they, they just want to make sure that they can now, they don't want Apple to create a tool for cracking phones. They want to put a, put something into this phone so that if they try a brute force technique, it's not going to lead to X number of fails and then the phone wipes itself. Uh, and Apple has taken the position that we can't hack our own phone and create a piece of software or a procedure that could get past that because that's a mostly because it's a dangerous precedent and we feel as though that would uh, violate our covenant covenant with our users and most of all I think their their point is that uh, this is not the sort of thing where you give us a court order and we comply this is the sort of thing where you give us a court order we are not convinced that this is a legal request for you to make and then we just simply allow the courts to decide whether this is something you can legally make us do or not. Uh, and so the it becomes controversial because, again, you can easily twist this into why is Apple deciding, taking the side of the privacy of terrorists? Uh, and again, that's if you're if you don't understand the issue or if you have a bad haircut and you're trying to become president despite your total lack of qualifications, it's a good flag to wave. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's not it's really not that serious. again Apple point for point for point was helping the FBI. It's just that when he, they got to this final point where we can't with everything that we tried has not worked. Circumstances means that everything short of you and you finding a way to get past your own security to put code that can be executed on this phone to defeat a security feature that's designed to maintain privacy. We need you to do that. That's the point which they say. Fortunately, we have $230 billion. We have more than four lawyers on retainer. And so we can afford to basically, again, make you prove that you have the right to make this demand. Uh, and if the Supreme Court eventually, I'm sure it'll go, at some point, either Apple or the FBI has to lose a Supreme Court decision, I think, before they will actually comply. But even if Apple does is forced to do this, it will. they will at least be satisfied that, okay, we have been... <laughs> We took this as far as it could possibly go, so now there is a legal precedent that says that this is what people are entitled to do. Tim Cook's been been putting this in the, uh, probably very correctly, playing this in the court of public opinion while they worked this out. The FBI decided to make this a little bit public, uh, and so he published a, 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 a public letter to consumers that – when that dropped on Wednesday, fortunately, a full a full day after I, I finished doing a two and a half hour long Mac and Apple podcast at the Twit Network, uh, that sort of provoked a lot of people to say, "Okay, do you say nothing now, or do you say one thing or the other?" Right, and I, and a lot of the, the people were calling out, like Edward Snowden was calling out to Google, saying, "This is the most important tech case in decades. Silence means Google picked a side, but it's not the public's." And so it. <laughs> 
you know, he, he made that comment and it was uh, on the 17th, like early in the morning. And then a couple of hours later, Sundar Pichai had actually responded. So it, he, Sundar Pichai, Pichai responded with, he, he had a series of five tweets and that here I'm going to read two of them so that you know where he stands. We know that law enforcement and intelligence agencies face significant challenges in protecting the public against crime and terrorism. We build secure products to keep your information safe, and we give law enforcement access to database on valid legal orders. But that's wholly different than requiring companies to enable hacking of customer devices and data could be troubling precedent. Looking forward to a thoughtful and open discussion on this important issue. And so I think one of the one of the things is they said, hey, Google is silent. And then Google, Sundar Pichai responded with this like list of five tweets that he was saying. And a lot of people felt like it wasn't as aggressive enough. But I feel like he's saying the same thing. It's saying, you know, we help, we help law enforcement, but what they're asking us, what they're asking Apple to do does not, would not fall in line with that. Like, this is a completely different thing. And kind of saying we stand with Apple in that regard. Um, so I, I know a lot of people were, I felt like it was a little unfair that they were like, Senator Pratar doesn't actually really agree with Tim. Like it was just more political move. But I was like, he's saying the exact same thing that Tim is. Um, you know, maybe he should have responded a little bit faster. I think that's what people were so upset about. I think the other thing that's got kind of people's danders up is he used the word could twice. So he said, forcing companies to enable hacking could compromise users' privacy. And later on, um, this could be a troubling precedent. And that that does sound like he sat down, you know, with his legal team, and they'd be like, "Okay, oh, we're going to post something to Twitter. We want to, we want to side, you know, on with Apple on this side. We believe in encryption. Um, how do I, how, how do we word this in a way that, you know, there's nothing sort of legally binding in here? Because I mean, they're not part of the court case. You know, Apple, it's Apple versus the FBI, not Google versus the FBI. And I, I think maybe that's that's why people are upset just by his use of the, you know, the word could instead of like does or, you know, will, for example. Yeah, and it's 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 tough. On, on the one on the one hand, Twitter is nice in that it's designed to be shared. So he couldn't have picked a medium that would have been could have been easier to make, get that message out. On the other hand, there is something a little bit more dramatic when this is off of a Google.com address. It is done with the uh, it is printed on the screen with the Google font and the Google uh, trade dress. It feels like it's something that's on Google letterhead as opposed to, well, I don't speak for the company. I'm just an ordinary person who happens to be in charge of Google. But here's what I am going to say on my casual Twitter feed, where, of course, I could say that I gee, I only have, you only have 140 characters. And gosh, I was on I was on I was on my Blackberry. No, I certainly was not. My Black, <laughs> I was on my Windows. No, I wasn't on my Windows phone. Uh, you know. So it would it would have been nicer if it had been that same text, but as a part of a Google. Page. I, I agree with you on that. It, he could, I guess he could have definitely, if it was from Google, it would have been like a more formal stance. So, but I also think that that some people on the other side of it have taken it a bit too far to say this is a really lukewarm, tepid response. I mean, he basically sided yeah, with Tim Cook yeah. and he said, you know, we feel the same way. Um, they do. I know maybe he didn't say like any legally binding things. They didn't sort of throw the weight of Google. Um, behind this, but I, I feel like that's still a thing. You know, they haven't stayed silent. They haven't, um, you know, taken the other side. They've said no. This is an important issue, and you know, we we agree on this. Yeah, and there's it's it's I mean, there there are a lot. It's it's got to be an issue for everybody. I think that uh, part of it, and it's part of it is concern over the simple precedent uh, that uh, uh, Apple and uh, and Google as well uh, as as regards Android have uh, over the past two or three years, it's almost as if they've been anticipating this problem by switching to a, a, a default encryption, encryption model that would allow them 
to tell law enforcement or a foreign government that wants to spy on a dissident that, look, not only it's not even a, we don't even have to get our lawyers involved. We do not have the physical capability to look at the data that's been encrypted on this phone. We do not have the keys. There is no back door. Everything that our, our customers do on our phones is a secret, even from us. Uh, and so and remember that uh, this isn't a case where uh, the FBI is asking Apple to decrypt this phone. They're asking for uh, a hack on their on this device that would allow them to brute force the password. It's using an older version of iOS uh, that was limited to four digit passwords, and there are machines that will uh, that are designed uh, that uh, forensics and law enforcement sometimes uses that can actually go through every single one of those numbers. Uh, they just want to make sure that it doesn't self destruct. Uh, Android. There's been some discussion uh, about well, what would happen if this had been an Android phone? It might have been. Uh, a similar sort of thing because, again, uh, uh, Google started enabling uh, default security uh, encryption. It would not be possible – uh, would not be – as far as I know, it would not be possible for Google to give them any answers for decrypting the phone as opposed to getting past the passcode. I think they would be in the same situation, although you can sp- – Beck, I've heard uh, I've heard arguments on both sides that the open nature of Android would have given the FBI more alternatives to simply – Giving the showing the phone to Google and saying make this not closed, please. <laughs> they they could they could they 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 know where the nail they know they know where the doors are they know where the hinges are they know where the nails and the doors are and they might have been able to pry some of those open first. Uh, but it's it's definitely going to be an issue that every single company is going to have to deal with, and I think that it's going to be like what uh, Apple was like Apple and Google have done saying. Don't come to us asking for our customers' data because we don't have what, it. What do you think would have happened, say, let's say it was a, like a Samsung phone? Not so much just an Android phone, but Samsung. Would they have gone directly to Samsung asking for that? <laughs> you know, or like or one like an LG, any of the other manufacturers? Because they go in there into Google or into Google, into Android and kind of uh, they go into Google and change it. Now they go into Android and change it up a bit. So I'm <laughs> curious if that would have any implications or how different that would be. Yeah, I don't know how that would work because um, obviously Samsung's a company that operates in the US, but they're not a US company. So, yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. Hmm. I mean, the, the other thing to come out of this is um, they had the iCloud backups, I think, from six weeks ago. And it's it's obvious that both on the Apple yeah. and Google side that it's fairly easy for them to, you know, with a valid court order and as part of like, you know, standard proceedings to to retrieve that backup and actually hand that over. So I, I guess there is that that side of it as well. If so much of the things you do live in the cloud, um, if your messages are permanently stored there, if your emails are there, if you whatever, even the backups from you might be using some app that say like a private messaging app, but if it's saving its data to a local database and then that database is being cloud synced, then potentially your data is, you know, it's now in yeah. the cloud. Yeah, there, there are a bunch of interesting angles to this, uh, which is why I'm so glad that I'm I, I, I a couple of years ago I voluntarily decided that I'm not I'm no longer in the hot takes business that I will not have even a quick response on the Sun Times uh, to something that I have just gotten on my desk uh, and boy the first draft of the column that I was writing like a day later had to be thrown away and then the next one I wrote two days later as more information came out so there's some details like um, uh, it wasn't this, uh, that Apple would have been more than happy to hand over the iCloud backed up data. Uh, had there been data in there to uh, to uh, to offer back, uh, but that was not uh, that was not an available option. And then there's the uh, there's also the fact that this isn't that Apple cannot even be accused of helping the government with making a uh, making a, a proper request. 
violate the security of their customer because the phone was actually owned by the by the criminal's employer. So, and if the employer, the education department, decided that hi, this is our phone, we own it, and we, which means that we also have the right to have access to every piece of data on there, Apple's like, sure, absolutely no problems there. We will help you out one hundred percent. So, I. D- uh, there, there are many reasons. Maybe number two hundred and thirteen on the list of reasons why you wonder why uh, malevolent people do the things they do. Again, two or three hundred items down, it's like, why would you use a phone that you don't own that's being that has backups that you don't control to plan and execute something absolutely horrifying? <laughs> yeah, I guess at that mindset, you're really not not thinking straight, and so there's a whole lot of of things uh going on there but yeah it's always yeah that that comes into a whole another uh conversation which is if it's on your employer's email or your employer's phone like do they have access to everything and yada and all that all that fun stuff yeah that's something to be aware of if you work in any sort of big company and you're new to the world of it um it's perfectly legal at least here in australia and i'm sure for the us for your employer to go through your email um they own everything you do on the machine so if you happen to uh, have an amazing idea for some side project that you want to deliver and you're like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing? If you work on that on your work computer, then it's technically property of your employer. So there's, yeah, there's there's that side of it as well. But I think it will be really, really interesting to see where this story goes because I don't think I've seen in a while where you've got the, the government and the FBI against a private company in such a public battle. Like I'm sure this stuff goes on in the courtroom all the time and you know, people that are more well-versed in that would probably be following it. And it's things you normally read about, you know, on the EFF.org website. You're like, oh, okay, some company is being sued for something. But this is really public. This is a letter on Apple.com. This is, a, you know, statements coming out from all these different politicians and things. So it's it's really fascinating to see to see where this goes because at the end of the day, there's a, there's a lot at stake. You know, if... If this goes through, it could set like a troubling, you know, precedent for all sorts of future stuff. So even if you don't own an Apple phone, if you happen to own an Android and you've got one of the ones that's full disk encrypted, um, potentially Google could even be coerced to say, hey, look, we know this is encrypted and we know there's a passcode, but can you build us a custom version of the OS that removes all the the restrictions for that? And basically (laughs) says, yeah, it's unlocked, you know, go, go for your life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many super difficulties with it, particularly because now this moves this debate into the public sphere um, and we don't have to. We don't want to go back and talk about all the really bad laws that got passed in the wake of 9/11, uh, because the public, maybe not be, knowing knowing uh, common sense what they want for the safety of the of the nation, but not being sophisticated enough to know the far off ramifications of certain things that seem to make sense. We passed a lot of laws that were bad, and now are slowly being only slowly being rolled back, even ten years later. So, if the public responds to this by saying, "Well, we don't understand why Apple's not why Apple's protecting terrorists," of course, you know, privacy has to take a second base, second seat to uh, to the public good. And now, if we establish a whole bunch of laws that says that security can and should be compromised if it's for the public good, now you have ammunition for formally very very silly laws obviously very, very silly laws to say that uh, there are a couple of lawmakers that keep trying to make some hay by saying that all device manufacturers should install a backdoor into any security onto any device so that law enforcement can be able to get into that device if they, if, if they're so demanded, uh, that's completely impossible. That's completely impractical. If you want to have any sort of security, you cannot have any backdoor because it will be found and it will be exploited. But this is exactly the sort of climate in which stupid ideas like that seem to make sense and have, 
have enough traction to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, we we could probably base like a show or two <laughs> or three shows about this, but we know that some of our listeners out there are, are desperate to hear us talk about, you know, shiny new phones and Mobile World Conference. Uh, Mobile World Congress, oh. sorry. Mobile World Congress. We can also talk about ham while we're talking about Mobile World Congress. My favorite, one of my favorite parts of, the, of, of that show. This is called a teaser, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm going to give you an ad break in between. So if you can just... Ham. Um, <laughs> so we will talk about that, but first we're going to talk about Linode. Uh, this episode of Material is brought to you by Linode, and they're a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world, which makes Linode a fantastic solution if you're looking for server infrastructure. You can literally get a server up and running in, in under a minute. You just go to their admin area, you pick the distribution that you want, you pick various you know, configuration options for your machine, boom, you hit go, and it's there. Plans start at just $10 a month. So even I've done stuff on Linode where it's really small. You can run like a Minecraft server you know, for, for people that you know. You can run some kind of Terraria server on there. You can do all sorts of, of little things for, for $10 a month or you can scale it all the way up to you know, a huge installation. So Linode servers offers industry-leading native SSD storage, powerful Intel E5 processors, which are the fastest ones you can get in the cloud market, and they have access to a 40 gig, uh, sorry, 40 gig, 40 gigabit network with multiple levels of redundancy. So we're talking about proper data centers here. You've got a virtual private server that sits in a data center. Um, you've got the massive networking connections that go with that. You've got redundancy. Um, you've got APIs and you've got an amazing admin area that you can take advantage of there. And they have a lot of stuff built in that you can turn on. So for example, for some of our servers, we run their automated backups where they do like a full disk backup of your machine. Anything goes wrong, you just press a restore button. You can restore that onto a brand new Linode. Um, they have node balancing. You know, they have lots of other things like that. Definitely worth checking out. So Linode has over 400,000 customers uh, who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. And they're obviously open over the holidays, which is something you want from, from a server provider. You don't want someone that's, <laughs> you know, away for seven days a year or anything like that. And they're really committed to improving their server infrastructure. So we've seen a lot of times in the past where um, some new technology will come out, it'll be proven, for example, SSDs, and they'll roll them out. Or there'll be some new technology comes along that it makes sense to switch to. So recently they switched from um, a technology called Zen to something called KVM. And we saw like, I think up to a 300% increase in a lot of the performance benchmarks of those machines, which we all got for free, like as Linode customers, that, that was quite an amazing rollout. So Again, some things you might want to use it for, running a private Git server, hosting large databases, running your own mail server, um, operating powerful applications, and just so many other things you can think of. Anything that you think, oh, I could really do with a server in the cloud for that, Linode is, is the place you want to go. And as a listener of this show, if you go to linode.com slash material, that's L-I-N-O-D-E, you'll not only be able to support us, but you'll get $20 towards your first plan. $20? And you also get a... $20, that's more than a free burrito. That's like two or three free burritos right there. Really, really big if, burritos. <laughs> if burritos were servers, they'd be delicious. With guac. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, go to linode.com slash material to learn more. Um, sign up. If you already happen to be at the checkout page, you're listening to this podcast and you're already signing up, material20 is the code you want to use. So we want to thank Linode so much for supporting this show and all of RelayFM. So, Yasmin, we promised the people Mobile World Conference. Com oh, I keep saying it. Congress. Mobile World Congress. <laughs> and we're going to give a yes. Mobile World Congress. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a fun time for Android users. New phones are coming out. 
Um, and I know that most of most of the the listen, maybe not all the listeners in the show, there might be interested in what Google's up to. But I, you know, it's always fun to see what the Samsung and LG and all the different manufacturers are up to. And Mobile World Congress is like one of the the best ways to kind of get up to speed on all of that. Um, so they had some fun announcements, and I did see the Samsung event live. Did any of you see that? Ooh, did you watch it in VR, or you just watched the? No, I didn't watch it in VR. I did uh, Chromecast it on YouTube, uh, which was a lot of fun. So we're my daughter and was watching it, and my husband was as he was walking around, he was watching it. And and one of the things that was really funny was that they were talking about the S7, and they were they showed a picture of the S7, and then they were like, and here's how it compares to the picture taken by the iPhone. And it was just like, of course, the iPhone picture looked terrible, but the S7 picture looked amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so my husband's walking by as that they're having that like camera camera war, and he just starts laughing because he goes, "My 5X would by the time that it would focus, like it would have already crashed by then, like the picture would have long gone by now, and nothing." <laughs> so he's he hasn't tried the Andy uh, fix to fix his camera. Oh, uh, he needs to try the Andy. He does. Fix. He does. It's, uh, it's well or renowned. Maybe or maybe he maybe he failed the. Why, yes, honey, of course I listen to your show <laughs> test. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, no, he... You just keep asking him to take pictures, and that's when you find out exactly... No, uh, yes, no, yeah, no, we should demand that he listens. No, he doesn't listen to the show. He's listened <laughs> He's listened to, like, a few episodes when I asked him kindly, and I was like, hey, like, you know, it's a podcast. Like, of course, he was excited and supporting me, but he's not, he's not really into tech. But you know what? He listened to Serial and, like three days he like binge watched the first season of serial and he was like serial is awesome and i'm like oh that's great how are you liking material no no um but he's like mm, mm, what, are, what is what material? is material is that what are, yeah. no but he 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 does listen to it somewhere <laughs> <laughs> okay i just i've i've just i've just created it we, we we're still debating what kind of uh, t-shirt we want in time for google io and now i've decided that we need to do a takeoff of the uh, of the serial podcast logo only it will just say material <laughs> and we'll see we'll see how long till we get sued and we'll see how long we can get away with that well i actually because if they haven't heard of us then they'll think it's a they'll, they'll... i actually think the logo looks kind of the same the artwork for serial and material they're both like squares or you know blocks so yeah i think we, we could pass for it except we could and we can we can like you know just you know just, we have to do something unique to make sure that it satisfies fair use. We'll put underneath it. Only we nobody had to die for us to get sponsorship dollars. I'm not saying we're better. I'm just saying that <laughs> one of us did walk off base though. That that was me because I'm like what I'm not I'm Australian. I shouldn't even be here. I I gotta know yes, man. You you watched it live. I only got to see the uh, the replay. What what was it like? Did you watch the entire thing? Were you excited? Were you bored? Because I know you're not. I wouldn't say you're the biggest Samsung uh, fan in the world. You're probably more on the the Nexus side of things. But what what did you think? Yeah, so I'm definitely much more of a Nexus fan, um, sticking to the pure Android. And actually, watching the Samsung event kind of made me a little bit jealous that I was like, oh, I probably won't ever be able to play with a lot of these toys, even though they look really really great. Because I'm just I love my my pure Android, and I don't like what Samsung does when they when they skin their interface. So, I that's I'm, that's just how I am. But like the Samsung the S7 look actually looked really really cool. 
Um, but the, the things that were actually really interesting to me is the Gear 360, which has which takes a picture, a 360 view of the environment that you're in. So one of the examples they had is that people were playing hacky sack. And so it's like you throw the hacky sack and then behind you, you can actually see it. So it's actually like being a part of the story there, um, which I, I think was really, really cool. But one of the questions that I had was, I really want the Gear 360, but how well, if any, will it work with my non-Samsung phone? Because the the Gear VR, which I thought was really cool, and it's actually it's pretty affordable, you have to have a Samsung device in order to use it. And I don't have a Samsung device, so I was like really, really let down. And so I'm wondering if the Gear VR, or sorry, the Gear 360 is going to be the same boat with a lot of their accessories only working with Samsung devices. I was trying to figure that out too. My understanding so far is that if you want to use the cool uh, preview your shot, review your shot, edit stuff on a mobile device things, you're going to have to have so what they what says in the press release, select Samsung devices. So uh, a nice uh, phone that was made in the past couple of years. However, uh, it does, uh, my understanding is that if you are okay with simply taking that big ball of 3D home with you uh, and then Wi-Fiing, connecting to your laptop or using uh, uh, using the card transfer or wire transfer, you can get the files off of it and then edit it with desktop software. But I'm still trying to – I've only had like my first contact with Samsung about this device. Unfortunately, it's uh, – Mobile World, uh, my, my my usual thing when I'm covering Mobile World Congress remotely is I will basically ping my contacts uh, who contact me and say, when you're over your Barcelona cold next week, let's have a long talk about this. <laughs> so I've, I've gotten a couple basic answers so far, but not the like the follow ups to the follow ups. It does. It does look pretty cool. Um, the th- uh, what, what really got me is uh, I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I mean, I. God, if I, I I so wish that Samsung made pure devices because I honestly do think that there's just a huge, huge win to having a uh, a Nexus device getting stuff directly from Google. Not only is it a much cleaner uh, device because it's, you know, it's the, there, it's been a couple of years since Android needed a lot of help with third-party user interface extensions, but also you don't have all these extra services that you don't plan to ever use. I'm probably never going to use S Pay, and even if I were kind of interested, I don't think I'd hand over my real credit card and banking information. Uh, because uh, I also have to wonder what else did Samsung put on there to capture data. I don't think they're Facebook. I, I have used Samsung devices, but I would much. Ra- I, I've I've entered into a system of trust with Google, and I don't know if I've gotten there with Samsung yet. Uh, but they've made so many advances. It seems like it seems as though the S6, in retrospect, was sort of halfway the step they were making from the S3, 4, 5 to where it needs to go. Uh, because the S7 and the S7 Edge look a lot like last year's models, but they restore a couple of things that everybody was kind of disappointed about last year. Uh, because the S6, because they went to this new like glass iPhone-ish look uh, sort of look. It means it could no longer have those kind of ugly like gaskets that made it waterproof. It also meant that they couldn't carve a hole in it to give it an SD slot, let alone a new a new battery. 
uh, and now you have you still you still can't replace the battery that's still sealed up but now they've got the SD card slot uh, ganged in with the uh, the SIM card slot but the coolest thing of all is that now it, it looks like an iPhone, but it is full IP68 compliant, uh, which means that it is 100% dust resistant. So you can have it in a what I, I will what is that what is the the dust storm that you guys haboob. get there in Arizona? Hab- haboob. There you go. You can use did, it in. A I didn't want. I, I, I didn't. I didn't want to anger the haboob gods by mispronouncing its name. So it's 100% dust resistant. It's water resistant against pretty. The the best way to put it is that anything that you might do accidentally with it. So it'll be resist water resistant against splashes and rain. Uh, so that's not going to be drops. a problem. Accidental submersion. Toilet drops. Excuse me? <laughs> Toilet. It's yeah. It's, <laughs> Let's it just be honest. It won't damage the. Yeah. It won't. I'm. I'm just saying that it won't. That that might be a disadvantage. I wish it would have a sensor that if it realizes that there's a certain amount of ammonia, let's say, or bilirubin in in the in the in the fluid, like you know what, I'm just going to mechanically open up this port to kill the phone so that your boss will buy you a new one <laughs> rather than insisting that you hose this one down and, and put it up to your face oh. until for the next two years. Because that I don't. There's I'm not sure. Even even if it's even if it's my toilet. I'm not sure that I've just cleaned. I'm not sure if I would want that phone I, back. One of the I, when I did watch this live, one of the funny things is when they talked about that micro SD um, card the, that you can have an insert in there. They were like this revolutionary micro SD, and I was like, people have had micro SD in their phones. Like this is <laughs> this is a big deal for for uh, phones to get it, but it's like not revolutionary. Like it, it's people have done it before. It's not like really out of nowhere. I really love the hardware on the the S7. I I I had an S5, and those those uh, waterproof flappy cover things were so annoying because you'd leave one open because you're a developer and you plug it in, or you're a normal user and you're charging it. You'd be like, "Hey, can you uh, please close the port cover?" And it'd be like this modal dialogue in your oh, face. Man, and like, oh, I just felt like ripping that thing off. So the the fact that it's now um, sealed internally rather than externally that's that's amazing. The fact that they made the battery a bit bigger, um, huge win because the S6 was a little bit sort of anemic on the battery front it got through you know most days when i was using it but it wasn't quite there and just the fact that they've standardized they seem to be you know playing with this curved screen sort of thing um you know on the back on the front you know one side not the other side the fact that now they've got two models where you've got the basic 5.1 inch one where it's um you know it's it's just a little bit sort of curved on the front and back and then you've got the the bigger 5.5 inch one where you've got the the curve on both sides of the screen it just yeah, in terms of hardware, you've just got to take your hat off to to Samsung. They they make some really yeah amazing looking phones. Yeah. I think uh, one one thing is that uh, MKBHD that does some really great great videos. He he tweeted out something where he said, "Let's just take a second to recognize that Samsung made the Galaxy S7 slightly thicker for larger battery and reduce the camera hump because of that." And I think that is really big. Like I want. I don't really want a thinner phone. I really want a bigger battery that's going to last me all day or even more than all day. And so I, I am all for that. I think that's like, I'm, I'm really glad that Samsung did that. Yeah, it's 3,000 milliamp hours versus 2550 for last year's. And unlike what oftentimes you'll see that kind of a bump in a, a mobile device and then you see that, oh, well, that's because they put in these extra sensors or they made the screen bigger. No, it, it does seem as though you're going to get all uh, all, all uh, 3,000 milliamp hours of that towards extending uh, battery life. One thing I was kind of disappointed, though, is that they're still uh, using micro USB instead of USB-C. 
um, because uh, USB-C, once, since we, we switched over to Nexus phones, the, the new ones, boy, they're nice. Uh, and the annoyance of not being able to find USB-C connectors is now kind of in the past because all the retail channels uh, are, uh, are pretty packed with that sort of stuff. And also we're starting to see much more external hardware uh, that takes advantage of USB-C, particularly since Apple seems to have gotten behind it and other laptop makers. I have for my uh, Nexus 5X this really cool multiple – it's a SD card reader and it's I think it's also an Ethernet connector. And it's also a micro SD reader uh, for USB-C. Uh, in a few weeks, Samsung is sending me the new version of their really cool, tiny, tiny, tiny SSD, uh, up to two terabytes, and it's USB-C. And of course, you can plug it right into an Android phone USB connector and have three terab- uh, two terabytes of additional storage. This is why I'm sort of uh, my, my eyebrow was raised when I saw that the maximum capacity of this device is 64 gigs uh, as storage, and that's not even like in every single market. Uh, it's available for pre-order starting today, but the only one you can get in the U.S. so far at least is 32 gigs. And that's heartbreaking because that's, to me, for me, 32 gigs is right at that edge where I'm going to run out of storage once a month. It's not going to be enough to make me want to throw the thing or replace it, but boy, would I like to have 64 gigs. But then again, if you have the ability to quickly, I have a USB-C uh, flash drive that I just simply plug in there and I just off, if, if I'm caught in a pinch, I will offload any photos or videos I think I haven't backed up yet and I no longer have to keep videos and uh, other albums on the device. So it would have been nice to have a USB-C in there instead of micro SD. Yeah, I have... Heard some people um, reporting, and this makes a little bit of sense that it's possible they kept the micro USB um, to remain compatible with the current Gear VR. So mm. for those that haven't seen a, yeah. a Gear VR, what happens is when you take off the little plastic cover, there's a physical actual like micro USB on it that you plug your phone into and then kind of click it down. So had they changed that, then I don't think they would have been able to provide an adapter. You would have actually needed a new um, Gear VR. I don't know how many of those things they sold. I don't know if I've seen numbers. So it... It seems like an odd reason to keep a connector, but it could be part of the deciding factor that they just thought, mm, we've already got these things out there. We need to you know, maintain hardware compatibility with, with those. It also could have had something to do with water resistance. Uh, there's definitely the parts suppliers who are supplying uh, micro USB connectors. That's a much deeper catalog, so they could have found exactly the part they want. It's possible, maybe, that they just couldn't find a USB C part that would give them the compliance that they want. Uh, although there's there's a difference between in uh, water resistance between what they can promise and what is actually there. And you think I'm about to say <sighs> that they're going to be? It's not actually as water resistant. Actually, actually, mean the other way around. Uh, because they, they, you have to actually, this is a you have to actually certify. If you say this is IP68, the six stands for how uh, dust resi- how dust resistant it, it is. The eight stands for I think how water resistant it is, and it's a they, they go from one to six, uh, and uh, with uh, and each, each number has a different designation. So once you if you are printing that number, then you are making a promise that you can't go back on. Uh, so a lot of these things. Uh, uh, they're a lot more water resistant than they are promised to be. Uh, for instance, there's a video online of someone who had a Nexus 5X and he just simply turned it on and turned off uh, the battery saving features and just dropped it in a bowl of water. And it was it ran for hours and hours and hours until, not until the, it died, but until he just got bored and took it out again and tried it off and it was working just fine. And it wasn't any sort of a special case or anything. Uh, Apple phones are the same way. They're not... 
necessarily engineered to be waterproof, but there's the understanding that you are going to you are going to be caught in the rain and you might have it in your shirt pocket when it's like really hot and humid out there. So a lot of these things are, are a lot tougher than uh, they're promised. But it's nice to when you see a company sticking by, no, we have had this certified. Uh, that is, again, another reason why that 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 addition to the camera, I'm like. Maybe I shouldn't judge Samsung phones so harshly. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to have? Oh, and it has an all-metal back now instead of glass. And oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, I, I definitely. I, as soon as you said pre-orders are up, I went and checked the Australian site. That they're not up oh. yet, but the second they are, I think I'm definitely going to be getting one of these. It just, it looks so nice. And about seven hundred, about seven hundred bucks. You know, it's it's not it's not a cheap phone. No, no, it definitely isn't. And if I wasn't a developer, like I wouldn't even dream of just being like, yeah, buy, sure. But the the thing is, like, I had an S6 and I loved that thing because it was one of the first Android phones I'd used that had a really decent camera, um, had amazing performance. But I found after three months, the the whole touch with Samsung UI thing just starts to grate on you a little bit. You're just like, Ugh. like all these little tiny decisions that they've made that are just like not great software interface decisions and all these add-on services they add, like um, occasionally they roll out new apps to your phone. You're like, I didn't want any of these apps. Like, what are you doing? So there's... There's that whole balance thing when it comes to Samsung. So two other quick things um, I think we should talk about. One is the camera, like Andy mentioned, it's down to 12 megapixels from 16, but they've made the pixels bigger and they use them now all for focus. So hey, you have these things called focus pixels, yep. which is meant to be you pointed at something, boom, um, instant focus. And I'm really happy to see the lower megapixel counters. As weird as this sounds, I'd prefer a much a better crisper picture to one I can you know print out you know, the size of a house. I feel like had they gone to 24 <laughs> or 30 megapixels that it's, you're just starting to get into a numbers ball rather than actually giving people, you know, nice, nice photos. I also, occasionally I take a photo with the S6 and it'd be 10 megabytes and you'd upload that into like a Slack or something. I'm like, oh, I have to like downsize this myself. Send, it, send it your Hangouts, it won't be that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hangouts will fix that. <laughs> and, and the other one is a special guest made an appearance at, at their conference. So you watch this, this live, Yasmin. Let, let us know what it was yeah, like. Yeah, so as I was watching it live, I see Mark get on there. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, owner of, or see, I don't know what his title is, of Facebook. Mr. Get Facebook. Get on there. Mr. Facebook himself. Not Mr. MySpace, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Facebook himself. Uh, so I saw him, you know, get on the stage and I was like, oh my gosh, Mark Zuckerberg is on there. Like, this is pretty cool. Um, but also like, what does that mean? Be, but it's, uh, you know, he was up there to talk about gear, uh, Oculus, but in terms gear um, VR and what that means for like the future of virtual reality. I think he made a statement saying that the future of technology like is in virtual reality. And he, he made that statement and he then gave some examples of like the benefits of a virtual of VR or virtual reality, which is the ability to experience um, some moments with other people. So, so first one from Facebook, first bought Oculus, I was kind of like, that is like the most bizarre purchase in the world. Like, I just do not get it. Like I, I, I'm trying to figure out why they would want to purchase that company. I just can't figure it out. Uh, with face with Google, when they buy another company, you're just kind of like, yeah, well, Google's a big company and they do a lot of neat things now. And now they're alphabet. So they've just have so many branches, but I didn't understand why Facebook bought it until this moment right here when he was talking on stage and he was saying that the future is about having these experiences with people that are really far away that makes you feel like they're actually right next to you in the room. So he, one of the examples he was saying was like, imagine you're in a, in a campfire and you kind of get, uh, th you know, not 
thrown into her, but it's almost like transported by VR to the campfire with your friends. And although they're like so many miles or thousands of miles away, you can have that experience with them. And it really kind of hit something for me where I was like, ah, like that makes sense. Like that is why Facebook bought Oculus. And like, that is why they're investing so much in VR, which is the ability to create these experiences that you get to share with other people. Of course, Facebook being the, the one of the biggest social networks with that. Um, so it was really, it was really cool to kind of see them on there. And I think it was, you know, speaking more to VR and talking to all the accessories that, that were talked about um, from Samsung. But it was, it was pretty cool to see them on stage. And I think it also is kind of um, an interesting thing, because I think Google and Facebook have this weird kind of competition that, you know, Google, they sell ads. That's how they get their money. Facebook, they do that. They have their social network, but really how they're making a lot of their profit is by ads. And so there's kind of this competition. And so it's it was interesting to see Mark up there because, you know, being a Facebook company and, and kind of Samsung and having that partnership, obviously, I know it's because of Gear VR, but it was, um, I don't know, it just, it was kind of an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, and uh, the Gear VR actually has Oculus technology built into it. So whatever Samsung does to promote the brand also helps out uh, his concerns. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you do your pre-order on uh, S7 hardware, they will actually give you a free Gear VR uh, plus six games, uh, which is too bad because the games aren't the aren't the aren't the thing that give you the really uh, come to God moment when it comes to VR. Or at least it wasn't for me. Uh, so it's it makes sense. There's also that really really fun piece of stagecraft. Uh, there's a photo that was uh, posted. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was actually from the live stream where uh, the, everyone, all the all the members of the press and the people who are there, uh, they had that. You know, if you look under seats, there's a gear VR and strap it to your face and we'll show you some cool stuff. And so you have this. And so while the, <laughs> while they were unable to see what was around them, Zuckerberg just out in the open just walks up the main <laughs> aisle <Yeah. laughs> to the to, to to the stage. There was like a magic trick where he just magically you know you just they, they said Candyman three times into a mirror, and then and then uh, Zuckerberg uh, came, came and appeared. Um, but it's yeah, I mean you, you're right. It's it's it's. Uh, I don't think that uh, Facebook is as. Uh, I don't think they're as good at far planning and conjecturing where they're going uh, as Google and Apple are. But uh, people were pretty scared when uh, they acquired Instagram, for instance. And I think that shows how they how Facebook would deal with Oculus and its content, where Instagram is still very much its own community. It's very much its own brand. It's very much its own, not only its own software, but its own software with its own user interface. However, it's really super easy to integrate Instagram content into your into your Facebook timeline. So I imagine that as if and as VR content becomes more popular, the ability to share an experience in VR on Facebook will be super, super, super easy. Um, we probably, well, we'll get to LG, I think next week, they had some cool stuff I did before we go though. I wanted to mention, uh, how, how impressed I am with the camera, uh, specs at least uh, now, of course the, 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 the picture demos are always awesome because <laughs> it's like, you're going to pick the one thing that an iPhone camera cannot <laughs> absolutely do well. And that's how, that's where you're, you're going to compare it to Whereas Apple. They never do side by side comparisons because we would compare the iPhone to an equivalent phone, but <laughs> there is none. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a big deal that they went down to 12 megapixels from 16 last year. Uh, that is very much the trend, the idea that we're going to make uh, – we don't necessarily want to win uh, a megapixel war because those don't lead to better pictures. You want better images. Uh, HTC famously 
uh, switched down when everyone had eight megapixel cameras down to a four megapixel uh, or five megapixel camera, uh, which was the principle was fine because it, it is true that they, they're not they, they when you reduce the mega the megapixel count on the sensor you're not making the sensor smaller you're making the individual pixel sensor sensors larger which means that they're not only more sensitive to light uh, but they're also more sensitive to uh, to variations in light and also there's there's less noise because they have more room to build each pixel element on that die uh, which is another thing that uh, kind of gets overlooked. Uh, but uh, putting it up to 12 megapixels is a big that, – that, that's about I, – I I've never found a really useful difference between 12 and 16, at least on a phone camera. That's enough that you can certainly have an 8x10 print if you want one. But most of all, it means that you have enough elbow room that if you want to crop it down, if you don't want to necessarily have to stand six feet away from the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and cross the barricades. No, you can actually stand behind the line and then just zoom in uh, as you as you need to go. Um, the but the focus system is is a super big deal. Um, uh, it's a very good idea every time you see a, a phrase in one of these demos you don't recognize to think that it's BS. Uh, they're calling it dual focus, dual pixel focus, but that is actually a real thing. It's not just something that they made up. Um, you actually see it on at least uh, Canon has a DSLR that uses it. Uh, usually you have a small smattering of pixels that are used for focus detection uh, and they're spread out across the sensor. So it's not as though you have to have, it can only focus on things that are in the middle, but it means that it's kind of getting a very broad sampling. Uh, and also if this 5% of the active focus points if it's having problems or if those are in shadow, you're it's going to take a while to find the correct focus. Uh, dual pixel means that it's pretty much – it is using the, the entire sensor for focus. So it doesn't matter if there are trouble – if there's a poorer light in one section of it or the other. Uh, it means that it can really get – really lock that focus super, super fast. And it can also uh, – particularly when you're trying to make use of a larger, sens a larger megapixel sensor – it can if it's looking for a certain kind of detail, like if it's looking for a face to lock in on, it can. There's more. There has more of a chance that it can find the face that's in that preview image and decide it's going to lock onto that and focus just on that. So if you've got people uh, posing in front of the pyramids and you don't understand that, uh, you don't you don't understand that you probably want to have the people closer to the camera so you know that that is Aunt Estelle <laughs> and Uncle Laszlo and not just random person that's a brick in the background. Uh, it will still be able to lock on that focus. So uh, I, I I love the of all the battles uh, in technology. I think that my favorite one isn't even Android versus iOS. I think it's the Samsung camera engineers versus the Apple camera engineers because. I don't. I don't think that they've ever humiliated each other. Uh, I think that they never made Apple feel sad. Apple's never made Samsung feel sad. They make each other angry, saying that they did one of those cockamamie demos in which they tried to indicate <laughs> that we don't do good in low light. You know what? Screw them. We are going to delay this project by three whole months to put in that whole subsystem that's going to require the new CPU that we talked about that got rejected <laughs> by Tim. But we're going to. Just throw this right in Samsung's <laughs> face and make it as better than – oh, those idiots. Oh, we're going to make them so sad. Okay, we're not going to see our kids until November. But, oh, boy, it's going to be great when we imagine how sad we've made the uh, Samsung you, people. If you want to know who's sad, it's the Sony camera module engineers because they actually supply, supply the camera modules for the S7 and the iPhone. 
and they get almost none of the credit. They just sit back there like, we, we made these things. Yeah. I know you made Bye. all the software and the, the firmware and stuff, but we, we made these sensors. And I, I think, yeah, it's it's sad to be a, a Sony camera engineer <laughs> because the Sony phones, they don't sell so great. And I, and I know that we wanted to touch on the new LG G5 phone, and I want to talk about all the modules, but we're like running so close uh, and out of time, and we yeah. really need to cut this out. <laughs> so if you tune in for next week, we will talk about the modules and all the little phone, little little fun, little Spiro knockoff, not knockoff, little Spiro type <laughs> gadget robot. <laughs> there we go. On the- BB. We'll, we'll, we'll say, we'll say we'll BBA. We'll, Disney can sue us. <laughs> <laughs> So I am, in which I'm actually really looking. Try, try to try to find our assets. We have none. I'm a, I'm a journalist in a rapidly collapsing print market. I have nothing. <laughs> which I'm actually really looking forward to hear what Andy ha- thinks about the LG camera module. But that will have to wait till next week. So if you tune in next week, you can hear us all um, talking about it and have daily discussions about Google and Android. I want to thank everyone for listening. Andy, where can people find you? As usual, if you can spell my last name, that unlocks the key, that unlocks the doors to the wonderland of the content that I produce each and every week. Uh, I'm Anatko on Twitter, uh, and if you go to anatko.com, that's where I blog and where my Instagram stuff uh, is linked to. I-H-N as in Nancy, A-T as in Tom, K-O. And Mr. Mr. Russell Ivanovich, where can people find you? <laughs> people can find me um, desperately Googling when the Samsung S7 launches in Australia. Just trying to find that out now. <laughs> but they can also find me on Twitter at Rusty Shelf is the username. Rusty and Shelf all jammed together. And that's that's probably the best place. That's where I'll be. And that's where you find out uh, everything you need to know between this show and the next show, which we've already teased. We're, we're doing like a week-long tease. This could be a... <laughs> um, this could be a real AFM first. I hope Mike and Stephen don't I, find out about it. I this. really hope we don't forget to talk about it next week. <laughs> we also we also have to say that this is the last week of the father of search. Oh yes, at Google, he's retiring at the he's retiring at the end of the month. But next week, don't worry, we will have our, our big going yes. away party for him. Oh, I'm gonna, uh, we, gonna miss him. Uh, we had to. Oh, well, he 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 he, deser- he deserves better than a simple. Oh well, we gotta go. But before, well, <laughs> good luck with. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll give some love maybe next episode. At the, so I want to thank everyone again. And my I can be found at, at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. And you can find us at, at Material Podcast on Twitter. You can find us on the internet at relay.fm forward slash material, where you can also send us some awesome uh, sponsor money. Maybe we can start affording some of these uh, modules for the LG phone. And you can... Or Hamilton tickets. Or Hamilton, Hamilton tickets. tickets. I'm spending yeah, that money uh, on Hamilton tickets. Well, it's not even if you can afford it. You can't really get them, Andy. So we, so it's we, someone has to... Okay, so maybe let's, I'll, I'll shift my focus. If the Hamilton lottery is fixed, I'm not saying it is, but if it is and you know how to fix it in my advantage, okay, I can, I can pretend to be one of those Make-A-Wish kids. You know, I got that horrible disease that makes you age at like eight times the normal rate because God knows I look, I, I look 20 years older than I actually am. I just want to see Hamilton with you. I'll 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 see I'll see him with a tour in the road company. That'll be fine if I see it in the. <laughs> but I'd love to see in the original cast. And hey, in the future, we want to do a a uh, live stream of the of the video of us talking on Material Podcast. So, fans, if you stayed for the end and listened to it, you were the first to know that we want to do a Hangouts um, 
live stream, but we don't know when we want to do it. So this is just like a teaser for the future, future, future. <laughs> we're thinking in the future. We're here to stay. And you can send us awesome feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And if you could only see this, uh, Andy is like dancing, dancing in front of me right now in front of the Skype camera. It's amazing. And you're missing out. And I'm so sorry, but you will soon see the magic. That is Material Podcast. Until next time, stay in material. But first, we want to tackle something very important. See, that didn't sound as authentic as it came out to me. It really is really important. <laughs> sound like you're going to say, it sounds like it's, it's it's so dishes, do dishes come out of your dishwasher <laughs> with mineral deposits that your, your current cleaning fluid just don't attack? Probably need, you should use a pre-wash. And boy, do we have a good pre-wash for you. It's called... Dazzle by Dow Chemical. <laughs> just one tablet. Mixed into your pre-wash will actually put sheathing and coating action to contact that water issues that are making your dinner parties just a little bit more embarrassing than they ought to be. <laughs> and uh, we will, we will, uh, Rocky? yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, sorry. yes, Meme wants tickets too, okay? It's not just for I, me. Lost my train uh, in thought. next okay. week's show, so, I'm going to confess whether I even know what a Hamilton is or not. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, okay, we, well, we actually, should definitely wrap yeah. this up. Though. <laughs>